know.com clarity about reality Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed us to live for another week we are at the end of Rabi'a al-awwal in which case on Saturday we will know for sure whether it will be Rabi'a al-akhir or whether it will be 30 days of Rabi'a al-awwal that will leave us in either situation at the end of Rabi'a al-awwal with six months remaining before Ramadan. This is time for introspection, to perfect ourselves, to make sure that the fasting that we did last year and the good that Allah gave us last year doesn't slip before the next Ramadan. Now you will hear today, and before this time you heard in the news, not long after the 11th of September 2001 attacks, not long after the 7-7 attacks, not long after the 3-11 attacks, you heard a lot of discussion about Muslims and Sharia spreading everywhere and Muslims taking over all over the place. And the fact that Muslims we have to look at uh, our way of doing things and whether Sharia is feasible or possible and are they trying to take over the UK. Then you had groups. You had some groups that said Khilaf is the only answer. The Islamic State is the only answer. Such and such is the only answer. We've now had elections in uh, Egypt where there's a new, been a new king elected. And this king uh, is from the Muslim Brotherhood. There are kings uh, from the Muslim Brotherhood in Hamas and the uh, occupied territories in Gaza. And there are kings all over the Arab world and the great majority of the Muslim world. The question that we have to ask is, because we're always being challenged in the English-speaking world with, so what are you going to do? What does Muslim governance mean? What type of government is it? Are you guys democratic? When we say no, they say, well, it's clear you hate freedom and you hate love and you hate all these other things. What we have to ask in the outset is, what does Muslim governance look like? Because we can say all the things it doesn't look like. It's not robbing, it's not cheating, it's not this, it's not that. But what does it look like? This is the first thing we have to ask. So for the next five khutbas, I want to cover what does Muslim governance, what does it look like? What are the mechanics of revealed law? What do they look like? In order to do this accurately, we start an introduction by mentioning the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ when your Lord said to the angels, <clears throat> I am going to place a Khalifa in the earth. Now this is in Surah Al-Baqarah, the opening, the opening five pages. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he was going to place a Khalifa in the earth. We know about Nabiuna Adam alayhi salam coming down from the paradise with his wife Hawa alayhi salam and then setting up human civilization as we know it on earth. The leader of humanity at that time, and the leader of the human race at that time, when they came down on earth as they were, was Nabiuna Adam He was the head over his wife, he was the head over his children, and he was the head over their children's children up until the day that he died. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to show his rank, he commanded the angels to prostrate to him, sajda to tahiyya, this is the sajda of respect, to show this is his leadership. 
So Nabiuna Adam alayhi salam was the leader over the human race. No one was asked. No votes were taken. Nabi uh, Hawa alayhi salam wasn't even asked. Is you know your husband? Are you fine with him being the leader over the house? Are you fine with al-rijal You fine with men of the main tangent? Are you okay with that? Well, just a little bit, but not too much. No, she wasn't asked that at all. His sons weren't asked that. His grandsons weren't asked that. His great grandsons. So we see from the beginning that ruling by what Allah sent down, the Khalifa, in this case, he's not elected, he's selected. And his selection is one that is by appointment. Now the first form that we see of Muslim governance is direct divine appointment, which is where someone is put forward. As we go down this down the pike, we can see that after that, prophets continue to be the leaders of their peoples. When the first shirk occurred in the time of Nabiuna Nuh alayhi salam, the leader of the people at his time and the believers was Nabiuna Nuh alayhi salam, the first prophet to get a book. Again, he was selected and not elected because the prophets are infallible, as we know. But the question may come into your mind. Wait a minute. We know very well the prophets are infallible, and they weren't elected, they were selected, they are perfect human beings. We know that. But what about the age after the prophets? What does Muslim governance look like? How is it done after that? Because we're not living in an age of the prophets. So we have to discuss after. <coughs> Alhamdulillah, <coughs> I grant that point. But before we can look at that, I ask that for this khutbah, that you're patient with me by discussing first the leadership of the prophets. <coughs> The leadership of non-prophets did not begin to occur until the time of Nabi al-Musa <clears throat> The children of Israel, after his time, were the first ones to say, we don't want to be ruled by prophets any longer. Rather, we want kings like the nations around us have. So you can see, if you have any spare time, when you go down to the library or you look at other places, you can see that some of the Muslim nations are saying, we want to be democratic. America is democratic. UK is democratic. Germany is democratic. We want to be like that. That language is not different to the language of the children of Israel. We want kings like how they have kings. And so their infallible prophets who've been ruling them said, well, then I will appoint for you kings some of them will be tyrannical. Some of them will be tyrannical. So the beginning of this starts with the prophets leading the human race. Nabiuna Adam alayhi salam, Nabiuna Nuh alayhi salam. The flood destroys the human race as we know it. And then we come to Nabiuna Hud and Salih alayhi salam after. Again, the leaders of their peoples, the human beings after their time. It's for this reason that the prophets are often referred to as Ahimmatul Nas, 
the imams of the people, Aimatul Anam, the imams of the mortals. It is these people. Now, the prophet, the prophetic dispensation continues up until Nabiuna Musa alayhi salam, which we will cover in a moment. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa. Wassalat wa salamu ala. Mella nabiya ba'ada. Uba'ad. So, the prophets are an era of the rule of infallible human beings. Because the human race, in the time of Nabiya Nanuh alayhi salam, they had gone astray and had fallen into major shirk. So Allah reappointed prophets as imams over the human race. One of the nine conditions of a true prophet is infallibility. Another one of the nine is that he has azm. He is different to his people. So he doesn't follow the people of his time. He doesn't worship idols. He doesn't fornicate. He doesn't drink. And another example is Zakuriya. Zakuriya means masculinity. All the prophets were men. Now that says something about the leadership of the human race, and it also says something about the plan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for human beings and the plan for families. We cannot deny that. We cannot duck it. We don't even attempt to. In closing then, I want to set up the following principle. During the time that prophets ruled the human race, there was no selection process. People that, and we'll be seeing this the next khutbah, inshallah, people that asked for a selection process, Allah killed them. People that said, I don't think this is fair, let's choose another guy, they got killed. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this area said, no, I have appointed these people, you must accept these people, and you are to follow everything of what they've given you. When Imam Suyuti rahimahullah discusses the different calamities that struck this ummah, he says the greatest calamity to strike this ummah as of yet before the Dajjal. The greatest calamity to strike this ummah is the death of the Prophet Because it entered an era of the end of prophethood where we could be sure of right guidance. And tribulations began in succession. Just as we were told in a prophecy by him, alayhi salatu wasalam, tribulations shall come after me such that the darkness comes after the light. And tribulations shall come frequently after me such that heavy rain covers the ground. So just as heavy rain covers the ground, tribulations will come in great abundance like this. In the hadith he mentioned Sahih al-Jamiyah. And this exactly has occurred. Now that doesn't mean we've been left without any guidance. That will be something that we'll come to in a moment. But 
it means that the era of prophethood being over, you now have new people coming in. And those people are not infallible. You have two types of people that could rule over the ummah in their affairs. They could be righteous people who make mistakes, but are righteous nonetheless. Or you could have people who are corrupt. And by those people becoming corrupt and then ruling over the affairs of the Muslims, they influence the Muslims. And I will give you one very quick example because I know time is racing by. We know from the ahadith that we read and the evidences that we have that the Prophet Muhammad the early Muslims, and all the people that were able to grew facial hair. We know that they did. Everyone that was able to grew some type of facial hair in some way, shape, or fashion. They grew a beard in some way, shape, or fashion. Whether it was massive or whether it was less than massive and they couldn't grow more than that, but they did grow it if they were able to. But now we find a custom where there are people who refuse to and will not grow their beard and will grow their mustache and will grow very large. And we'll say, if you don't have a mustache, you're not a man. And you know what I'm saying. This is the situation. Now, someone taught them that, and it's on such a wide scale, it's too widely spread for that to have merely just been one person that impressed that on people. So it must have been an individual or a set of individuals that ruled over a portion of that populace and then impressed this on their minds and influenced them. And then they understood that, oh yes, we should be like them. This is why it's important, the people that rule over you, not just on a national level, but your household, the people that rule over you will have a direct impact on how you are. And that will shape how you are as an adult. Just like now, there are some slaves of Allah that believe that if you're going in for any type of interview, even if you own your own business, let's say, you own your own business, you go in to open your business, you must wear a pinstripe suit, no matter what type of business that you're in. And they will say, you're just going to dress up, it's good if you look smart. To which my response was, are you saying I look stupid? I probably have more degrees than you, although I don't talk about it. I have more degrees than you. I probably speak more languages than you. And I probably taught on a collegiate another level higher than you. But they've been taught this information. Not by one person, but who ruled over them. Who gave them this information. So you have to understand, people that rule over you have an impact on you. If you let them. And when you're impressionable and you're young, that can have a lifetime of impact and effect on you. You can't deny that fact. There are some of us that have been shaped without knowing it regarding certain things. I remember something where someone told me, I was in the library, and I, I was using some tape to mend a book I had in Arabic. And he said, oh, what language is that? I said, oh, it's Arabic. And she said, oh, yeah, um, what, what, what language is that? We go from right to left. She said, oh, you read back to front. I said, no, 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 no. Arabic predates your language. You read backwards. 
I read right to left. Now that seemed like something seemingly harmless. Why would you put her in check over something so harmless as that? Because back to front implies something being backwards, out of place, disorder. No, 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 let me put you in check. Our language predates yours. Your language is 500 years old, mine is 4,000 years old. No, we write right to left, so that means we are right. Because right makes right. You're wrong. You're jacked up. Now, seemingly, it's, 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 it's harmless. But you have to understand, that's what they've been taught to say. Back to front. Why not just say, you write right to left? Because it's something in their psyche that they've been taught to read. Yes, reading left to right, that's normal. And even though 90% of the rest of the world reads right to left, that doesn't matter. They're jacked up. They're backwards. So you must understand, sometimes things on a subliminal, low level affect you. So we, to summarize everything, are talking about the era of the prophets. Inshallah, next week we will get to the era of the prophets, and we will reach, inshallah, Nabiya Musa, alayhi salam. And the era of the kings. And inshallah, we will, we will hope to get with these five khutbas all the way up into the era that we are in now to talk about the shape of what Muslim governance looks like and what Muslim rule should be like. Because we've been talking about what it isn't. We need to talk about what it is. لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير لا إله إلا الله ولا نعبد إلا هي لهم نعمة والفضل والثناء الحسن الجميل لا إله إلا الله مخلصين له الدين ولو كره الكافرون لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير اللهم لا مانع لما عطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد اللهم اغفر لنا المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات والمحسنين والمحسنات والمجاهدين ومناقبات الأحياء منهم والأموات Oh Allah, we ask that you forgive us for our sins from the last Jummah all the way up until this Jummah and that you make us better than how we came today. And oh Allah, we ask that you accept our prayers and our righteous deeds that we've done and that you use that to wipe out whatever bad deeds that we've done today. And oh Allah, we ask that you protect our minds and our hearts from being influenced by the plans of Shaitan and his wicked plans. And oh Allah, we ask that you protect us and make us among those who glorify your name at all times. And oh Allah, we ask that you give us strength over our lower desires and we ask that you give our soul peace so we can stand faithfully and truthfully. And oh Allah, we ask that you make our hearts present in the prayer so that we're not distracted by things outside the prayer, what's being said by our lower self. We ask, oh Allah, that you make our prayers righteous and good and acceptable to you. And oh Allah, we ask that you be the first thing on our mind before we commit any action so that we stand firmly and faithfully for your sake and your sake alone. Oh Allah, we ask that you protect our families and those that are under our care. And oh Allah, we ask that you make us good role models to those who hold us in high regard. 
And oh Allah, we ask that if we are looking for role models, that you give us good role models so that we, we might hold them in high regard and that they guide us and that act as a good example to us. And oh Allah, we ask that you make us obedient to our parents and the righteousness that they prescribe for us. And oh Allah, we ask that you make us listen to our older siblings that may join us with righteousness and give us good. And oh Allah, we ask that you make us good to those who are under our authority who may be younger than us. And oh Allah, we ask that you make us good to those who are under our authority because we've been given honor or strength or rank over them. Oh Allah, we ask that you make us among those who do not abuse our authority. Oh Allah, we ask you to make us among those who are not oppressive to those who are under our authority. And oh Allah, we ask that you make us among those who are not a fitna to others and lead others away from Islam rather than towards Islam. And oh Allah, we ask that you bless this ummah wherever they may be. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa rasulina muhammadin abdillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa sallam ajma'in ya rahmi ar-rahameen. Inna Allah ya'mur bil'adli wal ihsani wa itai dhi al-qurba wa yanaha'an al-fahshai wa al-munkari wa al-baghi ya'idhukum la'allakum tadakkaroon. Inna al-salata tanaha'an al-fahshai wa al-munkari wa al-munkari والمنكر ولذكر الله أكبر وأقيم No Clarity about reality See more at no.com